0: Many of you know I teach second grade, little guys, spent a long time in the classroom, and um, my second graders, I like to keep them um, occupied and keep them interested in what I'm doing, and I use something called choral choral response, and I'd like to have you join me with that this morning. So uh, if I said Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you would say one, two, red, white, and you guys are good second graders. I'm impressed. So the year is 1871, the city of Chicago. Putting things in perspective, was the car invented yet? No, nope, not till 1885. What were most houses made of in Chicago? Wood. Was there electricity in homes? Not till 1882. So in 1871 was the great Chicago fire, destroyed over Left 100,000 homeless, killed over 300 people. An awful, awful event. There was a gentleman by the name of Horatio Gates Spafford. He was a lawyer in Chicago. He owned a lot of property in downtown Chicago and lost it all. Lost it all due to that fire. But he decided he would stay and try and help the people that lost everything to get back on their feet. A year earlier, Spafford, though, had lost something worse than from fire. He lost his only son. But still, for two years after the fire, Spafford assisted those who were ruined by the fire, the homeless, the impoverished, the grief-stricken. After these two years, Spafford and his family decided to go to England and join D.L. Moody for one of his evangelistic crusades. After the crusade, they were going to take a family vacation and travel through Europe. Bafford was delayed due to business but sent his family on ahead. He would catch up to them on the other side of the Atlantic. Their ship, the Ville de Harve, never made it. Off Newfoundland, it it collided with an English sailing ship, the Loch Urn, and the Ville de Harve sank within 20 minutes. Horatio's wife, Anna, survived and was able to cling to a piece of wreckage, but she was only one of 47 survivors. Their four daughters, Maggie, Tanetta, Annie and Bessie, sadly all perished. Horatio received a telegram from his wife with two words in that telegram, changed his life forever. She said, saved alone. Well, he boarded the next available ship to be with his grieving wife. And legend has it that when he passed that spot, he asked the captain where they were, and they passed that spot where that ship sank. He penned these immortal words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, what is it? It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul, it is well with my soul. Every one of us has been impacted by tragedy, by trials, both individually and as a community. Whether it be unkind words, illness, or sickness, we've all experienced pain. We've all experienced the trials of life. We live in a broken world. We all experience those trials, though I pray not to the level of Spafford, in the verses following our gospel text today, we're confronted with a father, Jairus, who's experiencing trial of his own. His daughter is very, very sick. Jairus came to Jesus. He fell before him and made a petition before the Lord. The gospel says in Mark, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her so that she may be well and live. Jairus had that faith. Jairus had a great faith in Jesus. He certainly knew Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and they said to him, your daughter is dead. It's too late, what they thought. Why bother the teacher anymore? But this is where it happens. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just Believe. The same thing that we're told. Don't be afraid, just believe. Jairus' heart is broken, and in the midst of tragedy, he turns to Jesus. That day, death showed up at the house of Jairus. Death had come for his 12-year-old daughter. We're told this man, Jairus, was the ruler of a synagogue. He was a man of prominence in the community. He was a man who had much. But at this moment, none of it matters. When Jairus spoke, people listened, but it does not, does not matter. When Jairus walked into a room, everyone would stand in recognition, but it does not matter. Now he finds himself in a hard place, and still, none of that other stuff matters. Sickness and death, not discriminating. It doesn't matter what you possess, position you hold. I'm sure that Jairus would have traded everything for the power to change the moment death had come to the house of Jairus and it had come for his real treasure his little daughter the one that Luke describes as his one and only daughter when tragedy and death come calling we know there's only one place to find peace we know the one who saves that's Jesus it's amazing how life comes into crystal clear focus when tragedy comes to our door suddenly those little things in life mean nothing What we think matters now, what we think is important, will cease to matter. Trials put life into perspective for us. Trials define us. It's easy to show our faith to others when things are going well. When things get tough, that really speaks to the maturity of our faith. Let's go back and think of Jairus. Interestingly, the name Jairus means he whom God enlightens. Think about that. He whom God enlightens. Notice how this man of position and power came before Jesus. The Scripture tell us that Jairus fell at Jesus' feet. The Greek word pipto translated means fell. And that means fell to descend from a higher place to a lower place. In other words, the man of prominence humbled himself in the presence of the Lord of glory. He fell at Jesus' feet and was covered in Jesus' love. He and his daughter We're recipients of huge amounts of Jesus' grace. We, too, are clothed in the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. When we come to the place where we see our own inability and His ability, then and only then are we able to fully receive from Him. And it certainly had nothing to do with what Jairus or his daughter had done. It was and is all about Jesus. What they had done did not matter didn't matter what they did doesn't matter what we do it's what jesus did for us as our faith matures we reach the place in our lives where we can know that we cannot but he can jesus can jesus can because he gave the ultimate sacrifice when he paid for our sins on the cross jairus fell at jesus feet jesus moved by this man's faith goes with jairus to his house where is our focus earthly things or heavenly things if we focus on the king of kings if we focus on the lord of lords then nothing nothing at all no trial can bring us down surely there are challenges i'm not saying there won't be challenges in our life we won't have trials but by our falling at the feet of jesus our faith in him will pull us through and make us stronger jairus fell at the feet of jesus and begged him repeatedly To come, come and save his daughter. The scripture simply states, and he went with him. And we know that later on, Jesus did raise his daughter, brought her back. The late Henry Nguyen, a great philosopher and minister, said in the prime of his career that he became frustrated by the many interruptions in his work. At the time, he was a professor at uh, Notre Dame University. He had a heavy agenda each day and did not like to be disturbed. One day the truth of his true ministry dawned on him. Those interruptions were his work. The interruptions were his opportunity to be Jesus in the flesh to his students. Life is Jesus' plan for us while we are making other plans. Listen to that again. Life is Jesus' plan for us while we are making other plans. Often we will find that interruptions in life are frequently of greater consequence Of greater importance than what we're doing these interruptions are one way that we can serve Jesus Jesus said I did not come to be served but to serve how can we do any less Jesus encounter with Jairus puts into perspective the importance of the one among the many Jesus left the crowd to minister to a single person Jairus Jesus was never too busy to respond to the needs of the individual his public ministry of only three short years was constantly centering on the person on the individual think about a few of those a blind man by the side of the road a woman with an issue of blood an epileptic youth brought by a distraught father a troubled tax collector worried about his spiritual life a widow weeping over her dead son as you and i look at the needs of the world's six billion people and how we as christians can help it can be quite overwhelming how can i help there's so many we want to help, but we hardly know where to begin or even where to end. The temptation is to despair, to wring our hands, and feel that anything we might do can be of no significance. Quite the contrary. We can reach out, reach out to the hurt, reach out to the broken that God places in our lives. This is where our abilities and the world's need to intersect. This is where we are most needed. This is where we are called to be a light of grace again we're called to be a light of grace we're not called to be a judge of anything or anyone there's an author by the name of lauren eisley he would go to the ocean to do his writing and he had a habit of wa- habit of walking the beach before he began his work one day as he was walking along the shore he looked down the beach and in the distance he saw someone that he thought was dancing and he thought to himself wow Whoever would dance to the day, I want to talk to him. So we walked faster to catch up. As he got closer, that figure was that of a young man. And he was not dancing at all. The young man was reaching down, picking up small objects, and throwing them back into the ocean. He came closer and called out, good morning. May I ask what it is you're doing? The young man paused, looked up to Isley, and said, I'm throwing starfish back in the ocean. I must ask then, why are you throwing starfish in the ocean? To this, the young man replied, The sun is up and the tide is going out. If I don't throw them in, they will die. Upon hearing this, Isley commented, But young man, don't you realize there are miles and miles and miles of beach? And there are starfish along every mile? You can't possibly make a difference. At this, the young man bent down, picked up another starfish and threw it in the ocean. As it met the water, he said, I made a difference to that one. We who have fallen at the feet of Jesus are called to be Jesus' hands and feet, to be Jesus in the flesh, to be star throwers. When those around us are hurting and burdened, show them grace, show them mercy, show them Jesus, be a star thrower, make a difference. Jesus shared this truth from Matthew 25. Inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Jairus little girl was no longer sick she was dead but she was raised by Jesus at this moment it's easy to see how faith reacts Jairus faced placed his faith in Jesus and even the face of death his faith did not waver Jesus said to Jairus remember be not afraid only believe what a word of faith Jesus is saying to him don't believe what you hear don't believe what you know Don't believe what you see, trust in me. That is what faith says to us today. Every instinct and every indicator may say, the situation is hopeless. But faith, faith looks to God, who is greater than anything we can hear, greater than anything we can know, greater than anything we can see. Faith believes the incredible, faith sees the invisible, faith receives the impossible. You hear it today at Amazing Grace are blessed. You have a family around you of mature mature followers of Christ who are willing to to serve and make a difference, willing to be star throwers. Spafford's ending verses in the song speak of those who understand that trials come. It speaks to those who are mature, who have mature faith in Christ Jesus. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trumpet shall sound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. The trials we experience will only make those who go through it stronger in the faith. We're not in this alone. Our partners in faith will be by our sides. We will not only shower you with our prayers, but will lift you up. In the midst of every trial, in the midst of every tribulation, we shall boldly declare to all, even so, it is well with my soul. Amen.